Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And Gina, oh, is it the saddest thing? We just hung up with our beautiful guest, Barry Goldstein. And what? Did you want to cry at the end? I I literally was. I mean, it makes me... um, His work, his heart in this world just make me... uh, Weep, want to weep. It's so beautiful. It's a phenomenal because it touches your heart. Phenomenal. Gina. It touches my cold HR heart. It really did. It woke <laughs> it right the, up. Your old yeah, cold, yeah, old heart. Cold HR heart. Well, but listen. So he's an author, best-selling book, "The Secret Language of the Heart," which is ugh, it's a go-to manual for using music to nourish your life. He said oh. that so important, your mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical body. Really think about that, everyone. Mm. Music is nourishment mm. to your heart and your soul. We all know that intuitively, but I don't think we think about it that way and we should use it that way. So anyway, this podcast is a phenomenal example of why. Well, I was geeking out and fangirling the whole week. Well, you were geeking out, okay. and you actually made yourself his twin. I, I, I mean, I did. I mean, he knows it. Well, now, actually, too. not even his twin. Like you're like you're sharing DNA. At yeah, this. We, I said we're the same person. <laughs> exactly. But when he split off, this he became completely successful different than a with twin. his Les Paul, and I didn't get a Les Paul. Right. I mean, listen, I got some inner child work to do with that Les Paul. That's clear. <laughs> that was clear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and I decided I can't be jealous because he's so beautiful, and his Ugh. music is so. So amazing. So not only is he an author, but he's also a Grammy award winning. We did his bio in the beginning with him there. So I yep. won't repeat that, yeah. but he works with really, um, wonderful thought leaders right now. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Aunt Daniel, amen, Neil yep. Donald Walsh, Anita Morjani, just to name a few. I mean, the list goes on and on and all on. the heavy hitters he for pivots. sure. Pivots. He was a big time New York city, uh, uh, producer and a Grammy winner. I mean, listen, the, the, the hits go on and on for Barry, not for me, sadly, but <laughs> I became an accountant. Well, maybe they're, they're, they're I became, coming. I became an accountant, but it's really not about me, Gina, today. <laughs> well, that, but yes. Well, we, we did eventually focus off of you onto the guest, oh my God. <laughs> but it was I, actually quite a bit. Of, it was a great, it so great much. podcast. Everybody should go read his book. I love the Sacred Heartbeat process. He yeah. has... He asks us and invites us to do something in the podcast that you're going to mm-hmm. love with your heart and mm-hmm. how to listen to wisdom, how to find new playlists. And Gina, we are committed to the LOA Uncorked playlist. But until then, you can find his playlist on Spotify. You can find his music. We're putting everything, everything in the, the show, show notes. notes. Yep. Um, YouTube, Spotify are great ideas. In his book, he actually has playlist ideas um, for helping you heal certain um, medical conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's not a doctor, but like this has been proven uh, through through um, actual results and studies that mm-hmm. people with Alzheimer's responded, people with anxiety, mm-hmm. cancer. So listen, it's a big deal. Yeah. His work is so unbelievably powerful. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've, we talked so much on this podcast about, you know, kind of the co-creation with the universe and, and really, um, consciously creating better life. And he brings the heart and he gives us some tools that we haven't talked about on this podcast before. And so, uh, I think our listeners will really, really not only just enjoy Barry as a human and who he is and how he walks in this world, what he's been up to, but 
but the concepts and the uh, inspiration for us all to to practice some new things. Uh, I, this, this is going to be the best LOA uncorked assignment ever. You got to wait for it, though. So with mm-hmm. that, I think without further ado, set your intention. Barry always does. Mm-hmm. That you're going to learn so much during this podcast and take away at least to find some secrets within your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. Gina. Okay. Do you hear something? Uh, Here, listen. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Do you know what that is? Yes. Yes. Your beating heart. You're oh so happy beating heart. It's what we take for granted, Gina. I know. And today our guest is going to help us figure out more about the heart mm-hmm. secrets he's going to add a little something something Ooh, in the background i'm going to tell you mm-hmm. secrets this is our poor guest today before we actually introduce him <laughs> our poor guest today does not realize this mm-hmm. but we're the same people who you and <laughs> our guest <laughs> you have to see her face i, I mean i don't i don't know same people okay and i'm All right, going well, to do... explain why we're the same people okay all right. It's going right. to make so much sense. And with that, I'm going to reveal secrets from my heart. Oh, oh, great. I okay. Mean, <laughs> she's okay, like, great. She's known me I so I can't wait to hear audience. what our guest does with that storyline. <laughs> and we worked what together. You don't know anything about this. Mm-mm. Well, you know one, but you don't know the other. Okay. All right. So we are the same human. Okay. Because A. Oh, God. We both had our friends tell us, dude, don't ever sing again. Okay. That we share in common. Okay. All right. And that impacted me my whole life, Gina. Yes. But with our guest's help, all week, what have I been doing? Singing. Singing. Yes, you have. Now, I've been singing alone, but I've been singing. Okay. Yes, you have Then the second thing why we're the same people, Mm -hmm. and quite frankly, I'm a little jealous of him, really. Mm -hmm. Well, for many reasons. Are you jealous of yourself then too? No. If you're the same. Well, no, because he branched out. This See, is where this he... is where I think there's. I think we're overselling the alignment. But keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. I dreamed. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Of the sunburst cherry Les Paul guitar. Mm-hmm. I wanted one so so very bad i would see jimmy page playing it mm-hmm. and i would envision and i had i had a gibson whatever yeah. like i had the pre les paul old electric guitar thing but this is where we diverge because mm-hmm. he got one <laughs> and now he's a famous person yes. okay and i did not and i'm not a famous a person famous Gina musical person i know and what happened was way more i feel like he's gonna give me therapy today he has no idea that he's i'm pretty sure he now knows you need it so i I mean (laughs) even if he's not qualified he'll probably refer you to someone i mean uh i gave up playing guitar and playing anything because i decided i had no musical talent and i became an accountant and that's where we diverged so we were the same human and then we split off in childhood there you go he's my twin one stayed the course (laughs) 
The other decided to just do the books for the for the family. I'm still people. pretty good with numbers though, so there you go. See, there I you go. You are okay. Okay. Right. Music with, and math are very kind of. They are intertwined. Absolutely. I feel like music, math, and the quantum field—they're mm. all intertwined with oh, math. Oh goodness. Okay, listen. All Will right, you just so, get to introduce our poor guest. He's going to break in anyway and just I introduce know, himself. I know. Okay, so today <laughs> we are super excited. And what did I do to you, Gina? I bugged you oh, every day. I mean, tormented. It was relentless. Okay. Tormented. She's already made. Well, playlist for me, but keep going. Yes, well, keep her, going. D- she's dog sitting and uh-huh. he has anxiety. And I was like, oh, Barry has a playlist for that. <laughs> okay. And so we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. All right. But okay. Today, <laughs> Zen, we have Barry Goldstein yes. on our podcast today. His musical experience spans many styles and genres from co-producing the Grammy award winning track of 69 Freedom Special with mm. the ultimate wonderful person Les Paul for Best Rock Instrumental in 2005. Amazing. And he also provide, provided ambient music from Shirley to, for Shirley MacLaine. Oh, so really? he's gone that. I mean, this is a span yeah. of all kinds this of This is genres. the quantum field part of oh, that equation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In addition, he has composed and produced music for television, film, major record labels, and top recording artists. You, you can understand oh, yeah. why I'm angry. Okay. Yeah, I get it. And... Barry's music is being used in hospitals, hospice, cancer centers, and medical practices. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. In addition, Barry has worked with the father of biohacking, Dave Asprey, God. and reached the Billboard Top 10 New Age albums with New York Times bestselling authors. We know them, yeah. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Daniel Phenomenal. Amen. I mean, listen. All the heavy hitters. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Neil Donald Walsh, Anita Morjani, you name it, he's done it. I'm telling you. I wept at Call of the Heart. Okay, mm. I just, it's the most, oh, his music is so amazing. Mm. He also has, and we're going to talk about this, like why is he in cancer centers and things of that nature? He's a best-selling book, Gina. Yeah. It's the secret language yeah, of the heart. That's why we were telling secrets of the heart, Gina. Do you understand I that? I understand it. Okay. No, I get it, I get it. <laughs> it's become the go-to manual for utilizing music beyond art and entertainment. I actually believe in that. It provides over 50 groundbreaking studies that assist the reader in using music to improve their health, their quality of life. I say their energy. I say their manifesting. Feelings. I say all of it. Welcome to the podcast, Barry Goldstein. Barry Goldstein. Well, thank you. I feel like I've known you guys for like years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were the same person. You're the same person as Holly. I mean, That probably is why, yeah. Yeah, There's a harmony. There's a harmony there. You've been yes. walking through the world with her right next to you, unbeknownst to you. Wow. That's deep. I didn't even know. That's deep. I wonder how many people, though, share that story about the Les Paul and the impact that he had on oh, yeah. so many people that, you know, had the dream of, oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people, but my legend was always, always Jimmy Page at the time. But mm-hmm. Yeah, unless, yeah, you know. Not a lot of people know this, but Les really didn't realize how many people like loved him and honored his contribution. And that was part of the album that um, I worked on with him was a tribute to him um, for his 90th birthday. He literally reinvented himself because he was more known as a jazz musician. And um, the Grammy that we won together was for Best Rock Instrumental. Yeah. So it's never too late to redefine yourself. And also, everyone on our wish list for the album ended up coming through um, and being on the album. 
um, that he didn't think really was going to get made. You know, so it really started with that intention and the setting space of that. And, you know, that's the name of your show. It's the Law of Attraction on Cork. So it's it's all about that. It's about creating the resonance and the frequency and holding the intention um, at the same time you're surrendering to it. So it's quite the dance, but when, you know, when it's, it's more fun when the universe orchestrates it than when, and you can watch it and kind of be an observer of it than when you try to control that, you know, yourself. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, it's listen. so much stuff. You, okay. You said something that I have never heard before, like holding the intention, setting the intention and holding it, but also at the same time surrendering to it. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really, I mean, key. And and for me, you know, if you if you talk about like the Gibson Les Paul, you know, uh, and my story behind them, my dad when he bought it for me, you know, you said you never got yours, but we couldn't afford ours. You know, literally, my dad was thought he was getting gonna really get a, a beating from my four foot five mom, you know, <laughs> for coming home with this guitar and literally putting all his credit cards on the counter. Oh. But he made he made me in that moment when he got it for me, he said, um, I need you to promise that you're going to stick with music because this is a big commitment for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, you know, in that moment, I believe is where the intention was seeded. You know, and that seed throughout um, the 30 years it took to manifest. People talk about manifesting in the amount of time. Mm -hmm. But there was a surrender with it, but there was also an awareness, you know, looking at that guitar, the name on the guitar, right, and saying, oh, wow, my dad actually believed in me enough to buy me that guitar. So Les Paul became synonymous with me with quality and belief and that commitment that I had to music. And then, you know, I went about my career, you know, and kind of surrendered to it and just, um, you know, went through the stages of we that we all do in our careers. And literally about 30 years after my dad bought me the guitar, he bought it when I was 14, when I was 44, um, is when I um, got to work with Les Paul um, and tell him that same story on stage after we won the Grammy. Oh about um, how my dad bought me the guitar uh, in front of an audience in New York City at the Iridium. So, uh, you know, obviously the full circle and lots of things happen in between that and lots of channels that changed along my musical path because, as you know, I I went in a slightly different direction. But I think it all kind of started from that initial promise um, that was made from that Cherry Sunburst guitar. Yeah, that's right behind us. Well, listen, I think you get an A plus 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 and follow through on your commitment to your dad. Yeah, absolutely. On that stage, thirty mm-hmm. years, thirty years later, and you still just... have the guitar, don't you? Yeah, it's right behind you. It's oh, so well, right. oh I do see it. Yep. Oh yeah. my God, it's yeah. beautiful. Well, that's a phenomenal, inspiring story to start off our podcast um, today, Barry. I think what we typically try and and do at the beginning of our podcasts is just ask our guests to kind of share a little bit about themselves, kind of the the milestones of your your life that are important for our audience to know before we kind of dive into the to the conversation today. So if you could just give it's us a cool give us story. the milestones, the cool of story you. of yeah, you, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's a that's a pivoting point on that on that one, you know, in terms of the guitar. But um, you know, there's there I think reaches a time when we start to manifest our desires in and career. And one of mine was to become a record producer and just do music, you know, for a living. And that turned into uh, what 
a lot of times can happen, and I'm sure it happened my, to you or your listeners, when that dream comes true and it becomes literally a job and something that you didn't think that it was going to become, you know, and you kind of lose your love for something and mm-hmm. you lose your center and connection with it. And that's kind of what happened because after I became a producer, a lot of timelines, a lot of commitments and creating a five minute pop song took a hundred hours of my week mm-hmm. and just kind of losing that spark, you know, and in that process of saying, wow, how do I reconnect, you know, to that 14 year old kid who sat on the edge of his bed with this new electric guitar, who started writing songs, you know, how do I, I want him back, you know, so um, I did some research. And I decided to um, literally do the opposite of what I was doing. Um, So I was composing music, very, very detail-oriented. What would happen if I just let music come through me and take these hour-long journeys of decomposing instead mm-hmm. of composing? And so uh, I, the research that I found showed that our hearts at a relaxed state are between about 60 and 70 beats per minute. And I knew that I can set my metronome to a specific tempo. What would happen if I set my metronome to that tempo? Would my heart synchronize with um, the metronome as I compose the music? So that's where it really started for me. I was my own experiment to get out of anxiety and, you know, insomnia. And I started taking these journeys and moving to like very, very meditative trance states, you know, where I was hearing the music as at the same time as it was coming through me. And I really didn't think that anyone was going to listen to it, to be honest to you, you know, because it didn't have a catchy chorus, right? And, right, right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't uh, the, the chorus wasn't by the time one minute came in the song. And that's what you mean by deconstructing. Like, yeah. like the music, instead of having it being right. constructed, you were right. deconstructing it right. and just going with the creative flow. Right, that's right. Yeah, and when we talk about composing ourselves, right, when you hear that, well, sure. I want to compose myself, Put what together. is it? It's structure, you know, you want to kind of get yourself together. <laughs> so I had too much composure, you know, <laughs> I needed to kind of take some of that structure away um, so that I could reconnect with the original intention, was, was just to feel love and joy with it. So um, I began to compose these pieces, and it was very similar, like, to painting, because those that first hour of just kind of creating the the first pass and then are like okay well what else does it need where does it need other colors and other right, layers right. Yeah. and because it wasn't written down i never knew what was really coming at me you know so i was more of reacting to it intuitively mm-hmm. than my thinking mind you know trying to figure out okay what chord comes next and it created a very unusual sound you know some people um, call it like the music of the spheres or something like mm-hmm. other worldly and I started to play them for um, a couple of friends of mine some were massage therapists I had another friend who um, was doing a lot of dental work and I said here try this to relax yourself in the dentist's office I had another friend whose mom had dementia and they lived up in Harlem in New York and it was very noisy here try this maybe it will mask out some of you know the background noise and I just started getting these amazing testimonials from people of how they were using them 
you know, um, for their mom with dementia. They were using them for chemotherapy. They were using them um, to birth children into the world. They were using them on the the other end to help um, their loved ones transition and move out of fear. So I knew I was kind of like onto something. I didn't know what it was. Um, And... Um, that led to more research for me of, okay, well, I know it's working, but why is it working? And that kind of led to me creating my book and really kind of getting the science behind, you know, why music works and how it not only works in our emotional bodies, right? Because most people have experiences that where they've had a profound experience emotionally with music. That's not really oh, new sure. to us. Right. You know, the novelness is in it is is when um, it doesn't happen randomly and we're steering and navigating that. But not a lot of people realize that music, you know, can also affect our physiology mm-hmm. as well, our physical bodies. You know, so like what was going on with me when I was composing those, I later found out was called entrainment. Mm-hmm. When your internal rhythm, which is my heart, um, had the ability to synchronize with the external rhythm that was in the music. And that really became part of my new composition process of creating what I call designer music or acoustaceuticals, you know, that can, where music can be used as medicine. I love that. Okay, I have so many questions. Okay. But I'm going to let you start. Go for it. Well, so when you are, comp- I mean, that must have been a big leap to go from being a, a, a composer, which, you know, has a, um, you know, kind of a playbook, mm-hmm. lack of better saying, to deconstructing. And then you learned how to, because I, I think I read this about you and you said something like this, that you put intention into your albums, into your music. How did you learn how to, I mean, yeah. how did this all unfold? You were a burnt out record producer and, you know, um, how, how did that unfold? Did you have mentors? Did you meet somebody significant? And how did that unfold for you? How did your destiny, I'm going to call this your destiny unfold yeah. for you. I mean, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Did you, I was thinking the same thing. Did you meditate before this kind of um, pause in your career and kind of reassessment what what's working and what's not working? I mean, because it sounds like you quickly kind of went there. So I'm curious on that too, actually, Holly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think because I surrendered so much to the process and <laughs> because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know, <laughs> and when you take away all that you know and you kind of trade it for for everything that you don't know, Right. That's where all the good stuff happens in your not knowing, you know, yeah. and um, that's where the surrender kind of comes in. But it's not a surrender where you feel like you're giving anything up or sacrificing. Yeah. You know, you feel like, wow, this this feels a lot less stressful, not having to have all the answers to this. And I knew no one was watching me or sure. making me do it. It was basically my own initiative. And that's really um, how I started to move to deep states med- of meditation was learning how to do that in the creative process. Okay. And so it was a byproduct. It was a byproduct. Yeah, it was a byproduct. Got yeah, it. exactly. Okay. So once you have an experience and, you know, that became really kind of my goal into introducing this into more mainstream audiences, wow. you know, if, if you can give someone, even if it's a 30 second experience, 
where they're saying, oh my God, maybe that's what they mean by meditation, right? Oh my God, maybe that's what they mean by connecting to an unlimited field of all possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be like a really big window. Like people think, oh, well, I need to meditate for an hour and a half. You just have to have an experience that's anchored in it. And so for me, once I had that experience and it was like, wow, I was really unexpected because, um, you know, I get into this in, in my book, you know, but one of the things that I say to work with is ask yourself if something is a contracted experience or an expansive experience, right? And when your heart feels like wide open and, you know, like you're on top of this mountain and you're just feeling, even when I do this, like I could feel the energy coming in right now, right? Because my arms and my heart are open to receive, then you know that you're having an expansive experience, but when you're pulling in tight and you feel like you need to protect yourself and like mm-hmm. a cold day, wow, I don't have enough layers on, that's how cold I am, right? And you have yep. to, you feel like you're protecting your heart, that's contracted. And we can do this with literally finding out if a piece of music's right for you or finding out if a new business experience is right for you. It, it could be anything in your life. But what I'm, what I'm talking about here is the experience that I had was so wide and expansive when I was in that process right. that literally I felt like my heart was bursting open. It was an awakening that occurred. And so putting the intention in with that came really naturally to me in that state. And when I was in that state, it's kind of like dropping, you know, a stone in these serene waters, right? That's the perfect time to drop it in is when you're connected to that field. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the universe is listening at that point because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've created that space. So initially, the only intention I had for what later became my series, which is called Ambiology, um, which was a word that I basically made up and that came to me when I was kind of asking what should I title these, was that the, the music served the highest capacity of healing for each individual that listened to it. Mm. And I felt that was broad enough to give people their own experiences with it and not feel like, okay, well, this one has to be for sleep or this one has to be for anxiety or this one has to be, you know, for um, stress reduction or breathing. Right. Um, so what happened was people just started to give us testimonials of how they were using the music and they started, to, they did start to kind of to like to pair off, you know, into, wow, a lot of people have said like, Ambiology 6 Genesis is great for sleeping. And a lot of people have said Ambiology 5 is is great for brain harmony and ADHD. And like when I started working with Dr. Joe, um, you know, he's all about that brain harmony. And that was his favorite piece, Ambiology 5, um, which is called Eden. So they kind of found the path of their own. But I always had the belief system that everything goes into you know, music. It's like when you cook in the kitchen, you know, um, like grandma's meatballs. Why do they taste so good? You know, because grandma's, you know, <laughs> has the same recipe that she hands down, but it never tastes the same. Never does. Because, right? Because grandma's like seeing all her kids and her grandchildren. She sees them already eating at the table while she's making it, right? And she's yeah. like seeing them like enjoying the meatballs, right? And like nobody <laughs> can't the they got sauce out. all over yeah. them, right? <laughs> the sauce. Exactly. I'm Jewish, right? So it really should be matzo balls, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
have the Italian down quite nicely. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm from New York, so yeah, yeah, yeah of course, you got a good melting pot there. Yeah. So, sure. uh, but anyway, so what would happen if um, that was same recipe was kind of put into music, yeah. and putting that love in the music ahead of time, and seeing people in meditative states, seeing people in you know listening to it during chemo and relaxing, seeing doctors you know bringing it to their patients. And I believe everything gets embedded, you know, into the music. And I tell this to up-and-coming artists as well, that when you're recording, you know, make sure, like, the recording engineer is with you. You know, like, he's holding space for you when you're in your process because that goes into the music. You know, if he's having a fight with his girlfriend and texting, you know, while you're doing, like, your sacred music, don't you think that that somehow is going to get absorbed and people will feel that on some level. They don't know what they feel, but they just know when it feels expansive or when it feels contracting. So, um, you know, it's a recipe and, and literally it can be used in anything and it's about connecting beyond ourselves in any creative process. It's about bringing divinity in with you, uh, whatever you like to call it. You know, it's not, it's not a religious thing. It's really based upon um, calling in something larger than yourself, whether you call it nature or you call it God or, um, or you call it the creator. You know, look around you and see all that's been created. Don't you want that creator, like, in this room? I Yeah, I do. Come on, come in. Help me out here, you know? Wow. Give a brother a break here. So, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this on my own. All the best stuff happens in collaboration. I, we, I absolutely so, agree. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And I feel like, so if we're talking about coherence and... Is coherence, like your music, is it always 60 to 70 beats? Is that part of the um, recipe? And then why is coherence so important for mm -hmm. our health? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really depends what kind of music I'm creating. You know, so like for meditation and relaxation and sleep, that's a great sweet spot to start with. And sometimes I'll go a little bit slower um, than that if I'm, really wanting to bring um, people down to a, a like almost into a more of a sleep state you know sometimes I'll bridge it and start at a certain tempo and then kind of wind it down but the importance of really of coherence is that that your heart is creating when you're in training at that tempo your heart's creating smooth and orderly rhythms right so if you think of like an orchestra and just like uh, we have different sections in an orchestra, mm -hmm. we have different sections in our body. Our body's like an orchestra. So you have your digestive system and your lymphatic system. Think of those as like parts of an orchestra. And if everyone was playing whatever they wanted to play at whatever tempo, right, um, what would that sound like musically? You know, wouldn't that be incoherent and dissonant? Mm -hmm. Right. So when you have a starting point and you have a starting tempo and it's sending out those smooth orderly rhythms, the rest of your body is moving into synchronization with that I as see. well. Right. And it also is moving your brains into more orderly patterns. And so at that specific tempo, it's great for targeting what's called the parasympathetic state. 
in the parasympathetic state is a state where we're resting and digesting and regenerating our bodies resting and it's when our body gets really to do what it loves to do in a healing state you know it's mm-hmm. your body works best it's the opposite of the sympathetic state when we're in stress and we're running from the bear and sometimes that's needed you know as well we have to have you know, we have to have some stress in our lives and some stressors, but yeah, it's a, yeah. all a matter of how long you stay there. So the coherence is really when the heart um, and the rest of your body are moving into synchrony together mm-hmm. and your brain is moving into synchrony. And that's when, you know, we're at optimal states, not just for our physical body to um, to heal and recuperate and sleep and everything else, but it's more ideal for your creative states as well because when you're moving to those smooth orderly heart patterns your heart coherence um, you're also producing more alpha brain waves so this is where um, things are getting interesting now because they're showing the correlation between heart coherence and brain coherence like they're they're uh, an intelligence that are talking and communicating with each other this secret language of the heart is being communicated to our brain as well and you you know when you're in that state it's hard to be in high beta if you're in a relaxed state sure. you're gonna naturally your brain will slow down to alpha and theta where your creative ideas come in you know where probably most of the geniuses who have created everything on earth have um, tapped into you know Einstein you know talked about um, you know music and that when he had creative blocks he would listen to music and and he also played the violin and that's when he would get a lot of his answers mm-hmm. when he was in those states where he was you know he wasn't calling them coherence at the time but we now know that these are coherent states when when we're tapping in to um, that unlimited field and we're getting those answers so that's mm-hmm. the importance of coherence um, but you know you can also target it doesn't always have to be 60 to 70 beats per minute, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really about asking yourself the question, where am I now? Where do I want to go? And what piece of music is going to take me there? Mm. And, you know, that's when it, it becomes fun. And you create your own programs and your own playlists and you become the DJ of your own life. Because, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you have a, a, a high energy meeting, you know, and you have all hands on with staff, you know, you don't want to maybe listen to that relaxing piece of music, right. you right. know. You know, so I created a gratitude playlist that like has Sly and the Family Stone, you know, thank you for letting me be myself, you know, Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful world, Um, Dido, um, thank you, you know, and so those get me into an upstate, you know, where um, I'm moving. And, you know, studies show that when we're dancing to music, that we're really we're um, able to improve our cognitive skills and we're able to produce um, dopamine, which is our reward um, neurotransmitter and hormone that, you know, can help us in moving and navigating our energy in the day. So that's really, it's it's about navigating your energy so you have more time to do what you're here to do, whatever your gift is. 
Yeah. I love that. The other thing that, that, you know, even to tap into your own intuition, even your intuition of your heart is to listen to music, move, mm-hmm. they say, you know, getting into that. I mean, it, what happens is it raises your frequency. What's so beautiful in your book. So you're, you're, everybody, they should go out and get his book. Absolutely. He has all kinds of great so suggestions great. and uh, of playlists and different things. So to just be creative, there's a whole yeah. methodology that you laid out to be creative and, and what what's interesting for me is I started I left my corporate career, and I'm starting we're starting our own thing. And like in the morning, it's been silent. You know, I'll do my gratitude, I'll do my stuff. And it's been silent, and I was like, and she was like somebody that was in the office by like five a.m. Yeah, the bulk I, I, of her career. And I don't like being up that early. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's, it's I overrated. should be illegal. It's yeah, completely overrated. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, like I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right to start with. And sometimes for me, because I don't have the high energy meetings. Um, I just want to get up and be grateful and just like, mm-hmm. like graciously get into the day, mm-hmm. you know? And so one of your um, songs is perfect for that. And so I started doing that and you're absolutely right. It raises your frequency and we're all about like raising our energy level. Yeah. And, and when you raise your energy, you're a light for other people. You said in the beginning, you said, well, you know, I, you, you don't think Les Paul knew how many people were impacted by yeah. his beautiful, you know, right. um, uh, inventions. And you probably don't know how many people are impacted, but you feel it, you know, so your yeah. love, your recipe went into it and then it goes around the world. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and you do, you feel, you will feel mm-hmm. that back energetically Absolutely. for sure. That's, well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I love that your music is a, um, you know, a way for people who uh, may be really struggling to, to feel comfortable in a in, in their own personal success because we all put so much pressure on ourselves around meditation. Mm-hmm. So I love the the concept of it's almost like a guided meditation just with music with you know versus an audio, you know, somebody talking you through it. Uh, which really gives us all our own um space to kind of be as intentful with that meditation and to and to use it, like you said, you didn't you didn't try and put labels on your songs to infer certain things were going to affect people in a certain way or for a certain thing. And I love that because then, you know, some while some people may have kind of been drawn to one song for sleep and one song for for uh, heart, the reality is those songs may have worked for other people for other things. So I mm-hmm. do really love that because it gives that creative um autonomy to people to really take it for what they need it to be, whether that's a meditation or anything else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, they're showing more and more in research now that preferred music. So the music that you love is the music that's going to be most impactful for you. And again, you know, it, I, I think of it similarly to food, you know, where someone can suggest to you, oh, well, you need to try broccoli because it's great. Um, and at fighting cancer. But if you are allergic to broccoli and it's creating inflammation in your body, then it's not going to be the right food for you. And yeah. musical, musical nourishment is really the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. 
I think that we, even in the transformational community, you know, we do have the tendencies to want panaceas for things, you know, mm. like what uh, what song is good for sleep and what song is, which is great. And there are sometimes I'm creating pieces for specific things. Mm-hmm. But I think that my point is that you really have to trust your own guidance with, mm. with what is right for you. And that's where it kind of comes in, in checking in with your heart and saying, wow, when I listen to this piece of music that my friend suggested, and she said, by the way, that it is the healing frequency. Right. So there's no pressure there, right, for you to to listen (laughs) to it. But when you listen to it, you almost feel like it's contracting for some reason, or you feel nauseous, or it's just not right for you, whatever the moment is. We shouldn't feel pressured that we have to listen to it, you know, at that at that particular time that we can try something else and you know become the DJs of our own life, but also checking in with what I call um, your inner symphony. Yeah. Mm. You know, so so this is really important because you were talking about two silence, you know, and the ability to kind of have that p- time of peace as well, and that's just a great time to get to know your heart better. You know, of you know placing your hands on your heart is something we just really don't do that much anymore. We've taken it out of classrooms. You know, uh, we're we're not engaged in the ritual of as soon as you place your hands on your heart i mean place your hands on your heart with me mm-hmm. right right sorry you have both have microphones there so wow so as soon as you do that you're you're basically creating a conversation and you're saying this is something sacred because when you let somebody touch your heart you really have to trust and acknowledge that you know, that you are giving your heart to them, right? So it's the same thing when you're touching your own hands on your own heart. And if you just close your eyes and just allow yourself to just feel your heart and listen to your breath going in and your breath going out. Go in and go out. And you just subtly feel that vibration of your heart, your heartbeat, and the sound of your breath, this like inner orchestra kind of moving, your breath has creates the rhythm and your heart carries your own unique vibration. So no matter what's going on in your life, whether you're having a challenging situation or you're starting your day, this is a great way to cleanse yourself and energy that you might have given away because nobody has the exact same vibration as you do or the exact same tonal quality of your breath. It's yours completely. And so you can always, this is a way to come back home regardless of what's going on in your life. You can be like, ah, kind of like when you go away on vacation, it's great, but something about coming back into your own bed that feels like it's home. This is kind of the same way. And you you come back and you begin to have this conversation with your heart and you begin to ask your heart questions, you know. And the cool thing is you begin to get answers. You know, does this feel right to me? Um, no, it looks good on paper, but something about it, the timing doesn't feel right, you know. Or you just start getting answers 
uh, as you would in a creative state where they start coming in and in flow. But you have to start the conversation, you know, of speaking to your heart um, mm-hmm. in order to be able to listen to it as well. So I, re- I recommend doing that like at least once a day, like the beginning of your day, of your end of your day, or a situation where you feel like you might have given away some of your energy and you need to say, like, where am I? <laughs> I need to get back t- to me and utilize that. And the, and the book discusses called the heart song breathing process. Mm-hmm. It goes into a much deeper process where you're connecting with the earth and the sky and you're integrating in your heart as well. But a simple way of doing this just is the, the sacred heart breathing method of just hands on your heart breathing in and out with mm-hmm. conscious breathing and connecting back to you you know because that's where that's where your vision and your creative spark is so every time you breathe in and out it's like fanning the flames of your heart think of that you know wow and you're kind of there's a little spark there and now it's just kind of starting that mm-hmm. fire again so if you're doing that every day you're literally telling the universe and you're telling the divine I'm taking this, the driver's seat here, and hey, maybe you can help me out, but I'm going to start fanning the flames of my vision, of my passions. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you do that, you, you're never walking alone. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's where we redefine music as something that um, is not just something that happens to you, it's something that happens in you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where the magic begins. So Gina and I did your sacred heartbeat yeah. process. So we and we love the fact that you get to do an audible. Yeah. Like when you pull, so there's the yeah. three breath method, and when you pull up, you do the audible. Ah, you know, like that audible, mm-hmm, like letting mm-hmm. that out, which I think is important. Huge. Yeah. And yeah. you know, honestly, I really, I, I was joking, but not really. Okay. My jokes are. I, I actually always believe don't think. My jokes yes, are, I actually don't think you ever really joke with no, your jokes. Yeah. Okay, but I said we take it for there. granted because I was like, okay, well, well, I knew it beats. I mean, I knew it's there. I don't think I've. Yeah, no, keep going. and I've keep asked going. questions of it before, but I never really stopped to listen to the music and the its own beat. I don't yeah, think I've taken my pulse or, you know, um, and so that was like a, a real gift from you and your book and your work because I was like okay I haven't done that and the other thing that now I'm going to a question Gina okay Mm -hmm. so I'm going getting there okay so it's usually a a long wander in the woods and then she'll get there there. but just hang in there Barry she'll get there yeah you need to lay your head down for a little bit you can see I don't believe I don't believe in short answers either so (laughs) we are are, after all one person so I was gonna say and and you make up words just like she makes up words so you I was gonna (laughs) say at the end like okay you might be the same person because he makes up his own words too I know I love that okay by the way yes okay so wait a minute now now I forgot my question no so um so this is my question. So you talked about getting in contact and doing it mm-hmm. daily and that it'll start answering. I do struggle. This is where the therapy comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do struggle with getting the answer from my heart and not my head. And mm-hmm. so can you give some great advice question. about how long do you wait if it, I mean, like, and you know, obviously we shouldn't give up, but can you give some advice to me and give you yeah. some therapy on yeah. how how to do that and really co-create with that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, if you think of it, when you're asking these questions, think of it as moving into flow state, right? So Mm -hmm. when I'm moving into creation, uh, my goal is to get 
as many ideas out as I possibly can. When like I'm writing a song, I'll like literally lay down 20 or 30 different tracks and knowing that this is the time to just let it come in, that mm -hmm. I'll have my time to edit them and see, oh, well, you know what, I don't like this one, or I like right. this one, or this one doesn't work in this the way I thought it was going to, right? But I, during that process, um, if I know that I'm not gonna be doing that, and I set that kind of boundary, okay, well, this is just flow state. If you, if you think um, it might be a thought that's coming in as opposed to your heart really answering, it doesn't really matter because you're in flow state. It's all good. Just They're write connected. it all down, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And then decide after. See, that you know, the next day, like when I come back to things, I'm coming back in a different headspace. I'm coming back and saying, hmm, so out of all these things that I wrote down, go back and circle the power words for you. Yeah. Right, the things in there that felt like, oh my God, I love that. Right, like you, certain things I'm saying, you like, oh, I really love that. Yeah, right. Um, that are kind of resonating with you. Mm -hmm. So just circle those, the ones that are really jumping out on you, and with your, they're resonating. So what resonating means is it's when a tone or a frequency amplifies another tone or a frequency. Mm -hmm. It's like when you hit a tuning fork in the same room as a piano, and you're hitting E, it makes that piano string vibrate from across the room because the frequencies are the same and, it, and it's actually um, even magnifying the wow. frequency of what either one of them could have done on singularly. So it's really the same thing in that discernment, right? What's creating resonance with you when you read it and say, oh, that I feel in my heart. And who cares which ones don't? right mm -hmm. it's which ones do Dude. and I'm sure like if you're writing and you're giving your time okay I'm gonna give myself five minutes to just let anything come through with this question that you're gonna have one or two things that resonate with you the next day that are kind of those um, vibrational activations that occurred from it and then you just kind of run with that you know so then you move into the next phase of that and say okay heart what do i need to know about this word can you expand on that and you do it again right you do another free flow process and you I keep doing it. that until like you feel like you're you're birthing something that's that's fun and that's you you know that feels like me that doesn't feel like me you know yeah. and what feels expansive and what feels contracting with it but I think, you know, this is something new. I mean, it's not like they teach us this in school or when, they you know, we're, <laughs> like we're five years old. You know, it is a different language. It's, and so yeah. like any other language, you know, it takes time to really get the language down, right? And to mm -hmm. master the language. So a lot of us expect that we're just going to have that initial connection right away and we're always going to know. But of course, you know, we're much more used to our brain's conversation than our heart's conversation. So we have to get accustomed to the more subtle ways our heart communicates. It might not be in words. Mm. It might be in a feeling, you know, uh, or you might not hear a sentence, but you might know what it's about and just start writing it down. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be tied to the process. Mm 